Hello, this is Valerie Nicole with One Girl, One Mic Podcast. Welcome, season two opener. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And I am here with the beautiful Dr. Valerie McRae, who is running for president 2020. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited about your podcast number two with me. And so <laughs> yes. the first one was nice, so I'm sure this one would be fun. Too. Yes. So just um, a little bit of history. You are actually here with the Valeries, right? Because my first name is Valerie. Her first name is Valerie. And our birthdays are on the exact same day, which I think is amazing. Amazing. So when... Um, Rose, who how I met Dr. Valerie McRae through, she told me that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then after coming up there for the first podcast, I feel honored. Like, I feel so proud that, like, we have the same name and our birthdays are on the same day because I think you're such an incredible woman. Oh, that is so sweet. I, I genuinely do. And I um, had the honor of driving to Indianapolis uh, maybe about two or three months ago. Was it three? No, it wasn't that long ago. Was it, Dr. Valerie McRae? It was Maybe three. It was three months ago. I Maybe think. three months. I came up there because you were supposed to come here. You wasn't able to come. So I said, forget it. I'm going to get on a roll. I drove there and to actually record a podcast. It would have been my first time recording a podcast like off location. So that was my intention. And we did record a little something, but the audio was really bad. But the time that I got to spend with you up there it really like I left there feeling honored to like oh I'm happy I share her name and her birthday with her like because she's really an incredible woman like really that is, okay I, we all I know all I remember is we had a great time we had such a we great had time. A good time so I left there okay so a little bit so when I first came to your home it was so warm okay. and I genuinely felt like this is like the auntie that you kind of come up to her house for a weekend and like she give you really good books to read. Y'all have a lot of fun. She has a good food. I hope. <laughs> yes. I tend yes. To cook. She has yeah. a beautiful kitchen. So she'll cook you really good food and you're going to have a good time. But she's going to leave like have you leave there with like some new books and some new goals that you should be working toward. I can like kind of feel that energy and I'm grown like I can see me being like a little girl like oh I can see you being that aunt for me <laughs> yeah but you know what, what I remember is that you resist you're like I'm grown I'm grown already I don't need that you know I got this yeah. I got this Dr. McRae but in the inside I was like that wasn't how I was feeling like I was okay. yeah I was saying I was grown but in, in, in the inside I was feeling something completely different well, so great. yeah so let's jump right into it what made you decide to run for president 2020 You know, I was, I work in prisons and I work with the military and I work with kids that are on the brink of that. They're shooting people or they've been shot and they're in the the adolescent prison on their way to the other prison if we can't turn their uh, lives around. And so when when you're dealing in the trenches like that, you, after a minute, after you've done it for 20 years, it kind of hits you hard that you need to do something different and something stronger and come at it at a total different angle and uh, running for president just makes sense right now 
Okay. Okay. So, um, with everybody, like with the mental health issues, I know that you are a um, psychologist and you've worked in prisons and in, in juvenile systems. So, you know, like, um, so mental health issues is like really big now everyone is becoming aware everyone is trying not even gonna say everybody but a lot of people is trying to address their mental health issues i know i suffer from anxiety and just now in 2019 it's been okay for me to express that out loud because every it's so many other people that do so like how do you think that like are you going to have like a platform to on run on that as far as like the mental health in america seeing that you are a psychologist Absolutely, because when you think about it, mental health is sort of driving a lot of the major issues, whether it's um, mass shootings, we've got a suicide issue uh, among the elderly and among the military, and actually among uh, a lot of different groups that, that we, are, we weren't aware of, a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, it sort of underlies a lot of different things, and, and not only that, we're talking about everyday stress as well, and a lot of the United States, I think the United States in general, we're all under a lot of stress. Uh, there are concerns about different peoples in the administration and that sort of thing. And, and let me clear up something. You were asked, you were saying President, uh, Dr. McCray is running for president. And one of the things, one of the funny things that I get when I'm telling people that I'm running for president, they'll say, you're running for president? Oh, that's cool. President of what? And I say, of the United States. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, really? And yeah. then they get excited after that. But yes, it's president of the United States. It's, it's new for me as well. Uh, it's a new concept, but yeah, I'm used to the of what, and so that that's that just happened to me yesterday. <laughs> I was having a conversation with a friend, and you know, I work for the auto industry, so I am a UAW member. So he is as well, and I go, I'm having a um, Dr. Valerie McRae. Have you heard of her? She's running for president, and like I've been doing on the podcast, I forgot to say of the United States of America, and he went. Oh, she's running for president of like the local, and I went no of the United States of America. And he went what? Exactly. So I'm like, yeah, she's running for president. I feel so proud to say that too, like for you. So That's, I'm so happy for you. Right. Yeah. Thank Has it been you. overwhelming like this whole when you decided to run and rolling out your campaign now? You know what? It goes through cycles because sometimes I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I go into sort of this weird. Um, naivete as far as what it's what's that involved sometimes it just it's it rotates every now and then I will say this for me it's sort of just a job it's a mission just I've got to do this I need to do this and then every now and then it will I'll think about the gravity of what that means and then it'll overwhelm well me but then there's a, another voice that basically says, well, you're not going to do it by yourself. And it's never been my intention to be a president that says they know everything and they can be everything. Mm -hmm. My goal as a president would be to empower those people that do know how to do excellent jobs to move this country forward. And so my job is mainly to get the the right people in the right place and support the people that already know what they're doing. It's, yes. a, it's a joint effort. It's not just about one person. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, with the economy being the way it is, I know our our current president is you taking a lot of responsibility for you know things. I guess he says that things are really good, going really well right now, and he want to take all of the credit for it. Um, like, okay, so what are your takes on um, creating an economy that is viable, ushering in an era of a new living wage? Like, do you plan on creating any new, um, developing any new programs for that? 
You know what? What's important right now is for us to hit the ground running really hard as far as meaningful, well-paying jobs that are connected to new technologies. Uh, the goal would be to, to address the issues with our climate change, also issues with the, the, the water issues we're having and the, the infrastructure issues that we're having. We also need mass transportation. So all of these things that we need, all of these things that are negative are actually those very things that we could use to get the economy going, not just a little bit, but go back to the days where all of the, all of the working force was working back when we had the factories back when we had the industries but we don't need to go backwards towards the old industries when there uh, when there are so many uh, new technologies out there we need to embrace we just need to train everyone to embrace them uh, rather quickly right now I'm already talking to various um, entrepreneurs uh, upstarts that are really wanting to get the economy going. There's some people that have water treatment facilities and this sort of thing, and they're waiting to expand. They're waiting for that support. Uh, our Department of Energy, for example, our Department of Commerce, they were the ones who got Tesla started, for example. Mm-hmm. And those departments have been all but ignored. We've, the only department that hasn't really been ignored is the Department of Defense. That money's going towards that where we're fighting to keep the other departments uh, viable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a matter of just really wanting everyone to have these really good technology-based jobs that are they, that they can be proud of, that yeah. they can send their kids to college. They don't have to get these big, huge student loans because they, they've got the money to do that. They've got the, the money to move their families forward, go on those vacations and actually breathe a sigh of relief for a minute. Right. And I'm so happy that you brought up student loans because my the engineer here, we were talking before you got here, and he had a really good question. So could you please... Um, um, my question was, uh, basically, as a millennial trying to balance the, I got I teach high school, I'm a high school teacher, so I'm trying to pay back my student loans. Also, I'm married with a kid and daycare prices are through the roof right now. So it's, is there anything in your uh, plan or your agenda to kind of address those like student loan debts or the child care situation in America right now? Let me address the, the student the student loan debt. And I will say that the child care situation is something I will have to address later because mm-hmm. I haven't thought about the child care uh, situation other than since I've been a, since when I was a mom and I got through all of that. And I know how taxing it is to pay for that and how worried people are about their children being in the right environment. Exactly. You're willing to pay whatever if you know your child is safe and happy when you pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that child is excited about leaving you. Uh, and it's like, hey, bye, Dad, you know, as opposed to don't know, you know, all that stress yeah. when your child is unhappy about where they're being left. Uh, so I know what that feels like. But as far as the system for, for alleviating some of the stress on that, I'll have to think about that. And that will be a concern of, of mine. But right now we can talk about the student loan debt. Um, what has happened since 1985? Um Student loans have increased 530. I mean, the cost of education has increased 538%. So the cost of education has went way up. The wages, however, have not increased. Mm -hmm. So for the first time, doctors that have these huge student loans, for example, they're not even making the money to keep up with their huge student loans, right? So people have these huge student loans. The problem we're going to have, I know that that Elizabeth Warren, um, a great woman, by the way, is really pushing for 
alleviating some of the student loans. I think she's saying $50,000 of that. Um, and then also alleviating this, some other stuff, making college free and that sort of thing. What I know about human behavior and about people in general is that this country is probably not ready to make college free for everybody, nor are they ready to uh, pay off everyone's student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have a socialistic label on it that it shouldn't have. It definitely shouldn't have. We could afford to do this. But knowing about human behavior, I know there's going to be a battle that we might not be able to win anytime soon just because there's people that are jealous and hate, you know, haters about people because their kids might not have went to college or they had to pay for college way back when. And why should anybody get college free and that sort of thing? Okay. So with that being said, and I have a student loan of my, my own. I think what would, what would really work for the United States is, is if student loans had no interest attached to them. Mm. Mm. So, for example, um, just like you buy furniture, you know, five years, same as cash. You know, we we right. know that term yeah. in, in mm-hmm. the hood. We know that term very well. Five <laughs> years, same yes. as cash. Okay, so what if you had, based on the, the amount of your loan, you had five years, 10 years to pay it off with no interest. And then what if you could pay it off early? You hunkered down, you paid off early, and you were able to reduce it by 5 or 10%, maybe 20% because you got it out of the way, mm-hmm. right? And then what after that 10 years, 5 or 10 years, you start increasingly having to pay interest, right? So then that gives you incentive of getting that stuff out of the way. Let's just get it out of the way. I know personally, I've been paying the interest on my student loan forever. If I weren't paying interest, that would have been paid off long time ago. So what we're doing now is having student loans to be like another mortgage, where in the end, you're going to be paying three times as much Mm. for that education when you're not being paid three times as much in a salary. So you're in a bind. So it's a matter of trying to get you out of the bind. Now, giving some relief for those people that are just stuck right now, I think everybody wants that, some sort of reduction, some sort of relief. But going forward, I think no interest student loans make sense. Why are we making a profit off of our citizens uh, trying to get an education? Because ultimately, that education benefits us as a country. It, it benefits us in every way. We were developing teachers like yourself. And Lord knows we need black male teachers in our yes. school systems. It's, you're like gold to us. You're like everything. Just that deep voice sometimes will, will kids calm down. That male voice is needed in our school systems, is needed with our kids. And just we're, we're needed uh, in our back in our school. So why should you have to suffer and and you know, and bait, you know, and beg, borrow and practically still to make ends meet to serve us. So that's what I would like to end. I would love to have at least for you not to pay any interest and maybe and also stop the increase in what it costs to go to school because it's beginning yes. to be absolutely out of control. And there's no reason for it. No reason for it. So um, Democrat candidate Andrew Yang um, has advised that one of his initiatives is to provide each American with a thousand dollars stipend monthly to offset to offset costs. Like, do you believe that this is a good approach to help Americans offset costs of daily living expenses? Or do you think this is even possible to do? Again, um, the the other candidates that are, that are running, including Yang, these are brilliant people that have really thought these issues out. 
what the issue, the bigger issue is the American people and their willingness to come out of their pockets and pay taxes to give everybody a thousand dollars. Uh, it's going to have some sort of crazy label on it, some socialistic label on it, and it's going to be hard to pass. They can't fathom that, although it has worked in in a state in um, in a province in Canada. It actually mm-hmm. has worked. They've proven that it, it can work. But we're talking about America. Who gets that? Who doesn't get that? We're still dealing with the immigration thing. Are the immigrants going to get it? Are people going to come over here trying to get it? Are we going to be paying for them to get it? There's so many different voices that are going to be that are going to come into that to pull that idea down now could we get to a thought like that later on maybe mm-hmm. but it's not going to be 2020 right uh, it's a great idea I, I applaud him for that but I think that people would much rather have a great paying job uh, so they can be proud of every dollar that they have in their pocket it's not given to them uh, people sometimes resent money being handed to them then it becomes do you you said people resent money being handed to them absolutely there's there there's a there's a (laughs) (laughs) it turns into something else i know i know but it turns into something else some people for sure yeah some people you do believe that some people will resent having money maybe like oh i'm getting a handout i don't need it's it's considered government assistance at that point so Mm -hmm. how many people want to say that they're on government assistance Assistance, right like oh i get that thousand dollars a month and i'm happy to get it but it's like well i don't need that thousand dollars a month so now i can look down on you because you get it well i know that in canada was the the province that did this there was no stigma attached to it Mm -hmm. and that's what helped it work although it they didn't continue to do this, but they went back 25 years later and the results were pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you give people things, um, it, I, I understand. I see what it has. Like it has people to fish some, rather than just giving them. Fish. Yeah. It has a different feel to it. Imagine if they just, we just need the jobs. Uh, they want to create. People want to do things. People mm-hmm. want to create things, do things with their hands. They want to, at the end of the day, say, I did this. I made this happen. I was able to support my kid. I was able to, you know, I was able to do these things. People, they want to create. They want to produce. They want to make. They want to have some intellectual input. It, you can't just do that to people. You can't sell them short. Make the jobs and those things possible uh, such that they can feel it's about the mental health of a person. Um, I I agree with you. Um, I think that we've seen that a lot here in the city of Detroit when we went through the um, housing crisis, like when the economy kind of flipped. I think it was what, um, 2009, was it? When everything kind of just went belly up. And in the city of Detroit, we've seen so many people like start businesses and it forced people to kind of like get up off their butt and kind of like chase their dreams and create um, income avenues like from other ways and it worked like you know and I'm and now people feel good about themselves and they like this is your business that you started and you made it work and you kind of you know so one of your um things is you're straight from the trenches in reference to your psychology work um done with the military so former president obama received some negative backlash during his presidency which included accusing President Obama of not doing enough for the black community. What are your thoughts on this type of backlash? And what is your approach to the black community? You know what? Um, 
Obama was in a very, very difficult position. And so I'm not sure what he was doing behind the scenes. Uh, but I know what that position feels like when you are there to be the president for all of the United States. But at the same rate, you're, you're an African-American. There's going to be people wanting you to do more. Um, I think that African-American people have been at the, you know, they've been the ones that have been kicked around the most. Um, uh, there's been a lot of opportunities that have been uh, not exactly given to us um, as a people. So it's, it's a... It's an interesting dilemma to be in because you do want to be a president for everyone. But keep in mind, if as we come up, everybody comes up anyway. Uh, I think that it's just a very difficult position. I don't think we'll know what Obama actually did for African-Americans uh, that were maybe done um, that we don't know about. And right. We'll, so in we'll the future, we'll, in the future we'll, the, know. we'll reap the benefits from things that he have done behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that he's had to do with everybody you know tries to do things for their community or do things for their city or do things for their their group i'm sure he was able to do a little bit um for for us as well yeah so i know one of the things that really that i have a huge concern with is police brutality so i we see everything on social media we see it in the news and i'm very angered by it and my question to you is, what exactly can a president do far as, like, the police brutality? Because I'm un, I'm ignorant to, like, what exactly can we do? Because a lot of times we was, like, looking for Obama, like, help us, save us. And then it, then I, the, my next thought was, what is he able to do at the president level? You understand what I'm saying? Like, this can be, like, a, you know, because every state is different. I'm not exactly sure how, how that works. So what exactly can you do far as, like, the police brutality? going on in America right now? Well, I think, for one, the president has a lot of responsibility of setting the mood for the country. Uh, if you're setting a racist, intolerant mood, uh, a lot more things are going to happen. Um, I don't think that the pr pr police brutality and the and police shootings are anything um, out of the ordinary. I mean, as far as what's uh, what's been out there. I think we've always dealt with that. I think what's different now is the cell phones and people are capturing a lot of the brutality on their phones. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's excellent because we're able to sort of dissect it, look at it, see what happened and, and try to move on from there. But one of the issues that we're having is called qualified immunity. And qualified uh, immunity means that a police officer, if his, he's in the line of duty, can uh, basically be immune from whatever. Even if they've caught this on tape, uh, it's hard to prosecute them unless it's just so, so clear that this person purposely went about doing their job in a way that they were purposely trying to harm that person. That it wasn't a reaction. It was so it's very difficult to prove. And more than often in these and I, since I work in prisons, I've watched some brutality things happen. And in those environments, they rally together. Yeah. And it's very they rally together. They don't say, OK, 
you need to stop doing this. Uh, it becomes a good, good old boy system, Club, so yes, to speak. Which to me is a gang. That's yeah. a that's a that's like a yeah. that's like a regular street gang that would have no snitching code and because that's my next concern. Like, okay, we all know that all police officers are not bad. Well then why are not the good police officers saying anything about the things that the bad police officers are doing? And we're we're seeing that in a lot of different areas. We're seeing that in our government where there's a lot of people who realize there's some corruptions and everything. Uh, there's a lot of corruptions, corruption going on in Washington. But on the Republican side, on that side, mm -hmm. they're very they're silenced. Yes. What is that? They're being silenced. The peer pressure there is so strong. Mm -hmm. That's the same way it happens in um, in a police force or any other military organization or gang or organization, whatever it is. There's a very very heavy. Um, peer pressure to conform and it takes a very brave person to say i'm not going for that no this is wrong yeah um, we have not seen that yet th there are some police we, we we haven't seen that yet in in well i'll take that back there was a a recent in the government there was a recent uh senator that pulled away and declared himself independent because he says wait a minute i'm not going along with the yeah. status quo mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm very proud of him for doing that. Uh, but for the most part, the peer pressure uh, under uh, Graham and McConnell has been so strong that people haven't been able to move. Now, th imagine that also with the po a police department. They yeah. know that something is wrong. Yes. Uh, they know that they have some renegade, renegade people out there. They know they have some people that are out of control mm -hmm. that they need to rein in. Yes. Uh, but a lot of times our peer pressure is too strong. So it's a matter of keeping those things from developing from the very beginning. So and you have to go into those different com uh, companies, whether it's a police force or military or whatever, and you try to prevent these things from happening from the beginning. So as president of the United States of America, what exactly are you allowed to do other than because to me, the current president has just kind of like set a tone where this type of stuff is okay. Like certain things that he have said, like in his press conferences and in the public and certain things that he tweet is like, he set the tone for it to be like a non-disclosure. Like y'all can just kind of do whatever y'all want to do. And this police brutality is okay. So to me, that's just my own personal opinion. But again, like what exactly are you allowed to do as a president as far as police brutality in America? Like, can you, are your hands tied at that level as president of the United States of America, and you just have to like kind of like let everybody work their own stuff out, like because I know when Obama was in office, they were like calling him out to kind of like go after some of the officers that had gunned down innocent black men, and I don't even know if he was allowed to like at the president level. What can you do? Right. What can you do at the at the yeah. federal level to deal with the things that are happening at the state level and at the county levels? I I will say that he can set the mood. Uh, he can order investigations. He can send in. Uh, uh, okay, is this an issue that needs to be addressed on another level because of the the level of of brutality? Is this a pattern? Is there a pattern of cover up here? Is there a pattern of 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 brutality? Is it is it a pattern of actually rewarding these bad behaviors? Uh, sometimes on a federal level, you can send investigators and in to see exactly what's going on with this particular particular um, 
a group. Um, most presidents, I'm sure, would try to avoid interfering with state-level politics, but at the same rate, he can't set the mood or she can set the mood and actually investigate if things are way off kilter. So um, I think you hit it right, the nail right on the head of the... Um you hit the nail right on the head. Um, my next question would be, uh, you mentioned like, uh, you know, Obama's presidency and um, things that he's done and, and just things that people looking at a black president for you to address black issues. Um, one issue that comes up um, as a U.S. history teacher often for me is um, the issue of reparations. So I. Um, I, I was teaching a lesson uh, on World War II and um, the Japanese internment camps came up and um, let it play out, let the students really find it them, for themselves that you know Japanese Americans received reparations for being placed in those internment camps. Um, what do you think or do you think there should be reparations and in what form should it be given? And you're talking about reparations because of... Slavery, yes. Okay, I'm... Yes. I wasn't uh, being course, I wasn't course. being no, naive. No, no, no. I just course, wanted you to course. say what you were going to say. Okay, so slavery was over three hundred fifty to four hundred years mm-hmm. um, of of that type of in being made to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And the United States was able to grow by leaps and bounds because of that free labor. Mm-hmm. So we understand that that we are a strong nation because of that free labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to get a heads up. Um, and we also understand, especially myself, and, and this is something I teach as well, about historical trauma. Mm-hmm. There was trauma connected with not only slavery, but after slavery, with people being lynched, with whole cities being burned out. And even after that, with um, churches being burned and with the KKK. Mm-hmm. So there's been ongoing terrorism. Still. And it's still happening, right? Mm-hmm. But but the ongoing terrorism and seeing people being lynched and, and knowing that people were lynched and people running from that from the South, all of those things, I believe, are still even in our DNA. Yeah. Because there are sometimes I respond to things. And I don't know why I respond to things in that particular way other than it must be in my DNA because I don't remember ever being hungry in this lifetime. I don't ever remember being afraid for my life in this lifetime. But I've been in situations where I've been overwhelmed with fear and overwhelmed with gratitude about having enough food. And I'm like, where did that come from? That's some his, some traumatic DNA sitting there. Yeah. And so I, I'm it's sure all systemic. it's all systemic. Uh, and actually even running for president. Um, there, the, I don't know if I would be running if it hadn't been tested by Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, good. He survived. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to actually survive this, right? Mm-hmm. But in my DNA, it says that a black person cannot survive that. It's not in his DNA. It wasn't in his DNA. So because Hmm. he didn't come from that same African-American environment where our parents and grandparents, our great-grandparents were slaves. So he might not have had that same fear of running for president that I know that I had until he was able to survive it. Does that make sense? So now let's get to reparations because it's not just about reparations for slavery. 
it's reparations for the terrorism that happened even after slavery. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no one who's going to win on a platform of trying to run on reparations. We do have one candidate that's pushing that, which is Marion Williamson. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of her for doing that. Um, but I will say this. There is a way, I believe, that reparations can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very doable it's because of two things that are happening right now. We have these companies now that can uh, deal with DNA issues, right? They're all up 23andMe or, mm-hmm. and all these different things that can do your lineage and all this stuff. So you can prove whether or not you are a descendant of slaves or not. We didn't mm-hmm. have that before. That's new. Right. That's something very new. So that's one thing that makes it doable. Another thing that makes it doable is an idea that I have is that I don't think. And and this is I've got to be careful about the way I say this. I don't think that giving African-American people right now a whole bunch of money in mass is going to help us right now. Um. And the reason why I say this is because any money that's given right now, they're going to have mechanisms where it goes straight through our hands into somebody else's hands. Of course. It's going to be there and it's going to be strong. And it's going to make everybody else rich. And in the end, at the end of that, a few people will get it and, and will be able to build on that. And some of us will, will have, it will be given away. We need to learn some financial literacy first. Now, uh, not all of us. Some of us will be ready. But some of us, uh, we've been broke for so long. As soon as we get some money, it's going to just be go buck wild crazy with it. Yeah. Uh, I know when I'm out of work for a while and I've been out of work uh, two or three times in my life, that first two or three paychecks just get blown. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's just sort of that being tied back. So I, I want to be careful about what I'm saying. What I want for America, for African-American people, though, is legacy money, not just a little bit of money. I'm talking about money that will go on for generations and generations and generations. Generational wealth. And so my idea for this, and it won't even cost the American people very much money at all, is to do it in insurance policies. Mm. Insurance policies are what passes money down from generation to generation. Creates generational wealth. Yeah, it creates generational wealth. You have to. I, I had a um, guy who actually sells insurance. He told me that he you buy your generational wealth. Like you yeah. create, you buy good life insurance policies, but you set your kids up and your you know whoever your whoever your Genera- beneficiary to generational it wealth. Right. It would give us time to learn financial literacy while that that is accruing. But mm-hmm. not only that, but um, can you imagine our children finally being born, knowing that they're worth something, knowing that they're already worth something from the time that they're born and that they don't have to do all this crazy stuff to know that they're worth something. Uh, also, the uh, there's opportunities for as their wealth grows because it's compounding interest, right? That at age 18 or whatever, when they get ready to go to college, they can take some of that money out and and pay for their college. They don't have to go into debt for college. When they get a little bit older, they want to buy a home. They don't have to go into debt to buy a home. They can pull some of that money out and do a huge big payment or buy their home. When they get much older, they've got money. And if something happens to them or something, they've got legacy money to actually loan their children money to do what they need to do. So we're talking about legacy money. So that's my idea about 
reparations. And not only that, it does not cost very much money for insurance policies for kids. You get it? It doesn't mm-hmm. cost that much because kids are healthy. Um, so do you think that reparations should come in the form of maybe an insurance policy instead of money in hand? The, yes. I think that that would be because I'm thinking about legacy money, long-term money that will generate itself, mm-hmm. that will uh, get us going. Um, I mean, that's that's one idea. I'm sure other people will have ideas as well. The only thing that's kept us from doing that is the lack of stability financial stability we've all had insurance most of us have had insurance policies here and there connected to our jobs but we don't keep those jobs yeah uh, connected we might start an insurance policy or a parent gave you an insurance policy we're not able to keep those because you're in and out of employment you're in and out of jobs so they kind of go by the wayside the most we've been able to do as a as a community is by burial insurance yeah. They're able to keep that going sometimes. But for the most part, most of us, and I'm not talking about those people who already have insurance policies, have these great jobs that have been able to keep that going. There, There's a lot of African-Americans like uh, that are able to do that. I'm talking about the rest of African-American people that have been disenfranchised. And this is a way I think that would keep us going or get us where we need to be to, to propel us um, where we need to be, legacy money. I think... I like it. You I like, like it? it? Yeah, Good. I like it for sure. Just because I've seen, um, just in my lifetime and, and growing up on the east side of Detroit, I've seen a lot of, uh, I've lost a lot of loved ones with no insurance policies, yeah. um, no life insurance, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's always a, a fish fry to Yeah, we've all bought dinners to help yeah. bury someone. So it's, it, but it changes that, it changes that circumstance. It changes that, it changes that narrative. It totally changes um, the narrative. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. I think I, I think it's it's spot on. Um, just because it gives it, it gives that the next person after them a chance. Absolutely, you know? it gives yeah. them a chance. The next person after them. Now, I will say that for those of us that are uh, my age, I would love to have a little bit of a kickback and, and some relief. But, <laughs> but if, you're one of the ones that's ready for it. So <laughs> yeah, the ones the ones that are that are ready for. So it's but a I, lot of Dr. Valerie McRae's out there that are ready for it. That's gonna say, no, run me my money. Like I can't worry about the ones that's not ready. And you may, you know, if your money's gonna go through your hands. I have some things that I need to take care of. Exactly. I well, I'm not saying that we're. I'm not saying give up that part of it. Yeah. I'm not saying that the kickbacks or something. I'm, but I'm saying plus, if we did some sort of pay people now that mm-hmm. are here, but let's. At the insurance policy for the for the ones coming behind us, yes. so the ones that are little now, the ones that are going to go to college now, we've got time to to catch the ones up that are 25, 30, 40 years old so that they'll be set by the time they're getting ready to retire. But we really have time for the little ones. Yep. So we don't have to keep. OK, this is what I'm saying. The people that are adults now. Yes. Give them a kick up, kick back. But the ones that are young, we don't have to keep bailing out money when we can pay them in forms of insurance policies that will be worth a lot more yes later on than even what we're being kicked back now if that actually happened and it's doable they can afford to you know united states has the money to actually do this if they want wanted to do that so i know you have to go i know um you have another um engagement to go to after here or you have some things we're, to we're do. fine as we can yeah. go as far as <laughs> so um i wanted to ask you um 
Oh wait. <laughs> we just have to. We just have a twelve o'clock uh, yeah. check out of the hotel that we. Uh, but I'm packed, and so. Okay. So what sets you aside from other candidates, and why should the American people give you their vote? What sets me aside from the other candidates is this is. Um, I'm a psychologist. I'm I'm not a politician. Um, I'm grassroots. I'm in our communities. I don't have to come out of out of Washington to do some sort of polling to figure out what's going on in the community. I'm still in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the, the main thing. Uh, another thing, since I'm not a politician, I'm not beholden to anybody. I don't owe anybody anything. I haven't made any deals. I haven't, you know, shook hands with the devil, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not encumbered by uh, uh some sort of debt that I owe, some sort of hand that I wash with another hand and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I'm free to just serve the people. Yes. I'm totally free to serve, serve the people. Another thing, too, is I like the lifestyle that I have now. I, I'm not trying to be more powerful. I'm not trying to have more money. I'm not trying to have do any of that. Um, you know, if I go up in rank, it's because I want to bring everybody else up and rank with me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm trying to improve the people as we all come up. Yes. Not about me coming up because mm-hmm. I really could care less about that, mm-hmm. you know, being above or beyond yeah, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. That 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 is no interest in me to me whatsoever. As a matter of fact, after the presidency, I would be more than happy to just go back to my same house that I'm in now mm-hmm. and just chill. <laughs> that, that I would be <laughs> just as happy about that. There's I don't want more than what I have now. Yeah. You know, that's I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, so you have a pretty good life too. So your life is it's, it's filled with love. Like you have a very loving life. Yeah, you know, I I, I know you my house, for example, it's uh I love that house. But it's when beautiful. I first got there, when it's a matter of I've had that house for nineteen years, but when I got there it was a very um crack home infested area with open prostitution and that sort of thing so it was a matter of finding that that. yes absolutely absolutely you have vision because it's not it doesn't seem like that over there at all it's like beautiful yeah it's starting to um uh uh, come back up but it was a matter of a few people holding their grounds getting in making sure they kept their property up Mm -hmm. paint their house just make sure they invested in that property in that area area, while the area kind of caught up with itself but um you know the the kitchen and all that so that took years to it's do beautiful now uh, yeah it. i i feel like it was a gym like restaurant it was, style. <laughs> i love my home yeah so to me i would much rather have you can't give me a beautiful already done mansion yeah that that's boring that's boring yeah. for me i don't yeah. want that you give like me yours some, got some substance to i it. like i like to create i like to <laughs> okay I, take that wall down before there was hgtv there was me i was yes, always wanting yeah. to recreate something <laughs> even i was driving through detroit i was telling karen i said see that little building right there it's sort of got that roundness right there if i could just get that little building right there i know it's dilapidated and all this stuff and i know they've got you know so you can see the beauty I can see the beauty. And it's the same way with the United States. I can still see with all the issues we're having now. Mm -hmm. I know that if we that when we focus, we'll fix all of this. You know, we will focus and we will fix. And that's sort of our uh, our campaign slogan as well, because I still see the beauty in the United States. Uh, I still see what we can do. I see the young kids and the people uh, 
making it out here and especially in Detroit. Oh my gosh. I you know, Detroit used to be my uh stomping ground. Yeah, your old stomping ground. Oh gosh. And what they've done with the waterways now, I'm just so proud of Detroit. Uh, I'm just so proud of what I'm seeing coming up and uh, this is sort of uh, the phoenix, you know. Yeah. It's coming out this of the ashes. The That's a great word. For Absolutely, it. Is definitely the phoenix. Yes. Yeah. So, do you have a running mate in mind? Oh goodness, I'd have to think about that. But I tell you this: I would not hesitate to have another female as well. Ooh. Um, I. I think we're ready for that. Ooh. I don't think we necessarily have to do this male female thing. If there's a male that's that's ready, mm-hmm. um, then sure. But if uh, there's a female that's ready and more right. qualified, uh, that's qualified. For me, it's about balance. What does this person have that I don't have that mm-hmm. we can work together and bring it to the table? Uh, because it's about that. I'll bring the mental health sort of, okay, the behavioral as, uh, aspect to it, I'll bring the uh, the science to it because yes. ultimately I'm a PhD. I'm a scientist at the core. Yes. So I'll bring the science to it as well as far as, oh, what does the data say about this? What does the research say about this? I'll be, I'll be asking those questions. Uh, but then there's other people that have more legal yeah. uh, expertise and other people that have more expertise in er- other areas. So it's a matter of who's my balance who can bring something else to the table besides me, whether it's male or female? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. And I think we're ready for uh, female leadership, even if yes. it's a, a running mate as well. So so um, my last question is, if you do not get the Democratic nominee, or will you still run as an independent? Will your name still be on that ballot? Will we still be able to cast our vote with Dr. Valerie McRae? You know what? I wish <laughs> I, I actually one of the people running. Uh, I have a history of running as a Democrat, uh, but I really wish there wasn't Republican or Democrat. I wish there was a united party. Mm-hmm. I really wish I could have a party called the United Party. Independent means you're, you're kind of off then you're doing something different. Right. I don't want to necessarily do something different. I want to do find what's common to both sides and do that. Yes. Which is a little bit different. Um that question will be further down the line. I'll answer that question further down the line. I won't rule it out. It will depend on how much following I can that will come with me. Because a lot of times when you try to move from one position to the other, you lose that following because mm-hmm. you've got some people that are hardcore Democrats. Yes. So they're not going to move with you. Yeah. They're going to move with the party. So uh, those are things oh, I would have yeah, to consider a, later on. Yeah, that's a that's a good statement. Like they may not be willing to move with you because they're going to move with the party. Exactly. So, yeah, you don't want to lose that. Following. Yeah. So I wanted to end the podcast. Well, not officially end it, but I just in my closing. When I came there to visit you and to do the podcast in Indianapolis, the one you so many things stuck with me, right? Okay. From being up there. Just and I was up there with you for one full day, but and it seemed like such a short period of time, but I left there with so much, right? Mm. So you have poured into me, this black girl that has this little bitty podcast. I'm so grateful that you came here. I'm so grateful that you carved out time out of your busy schedule coming here to Detroit to stop in and speak with me on my podcast. I'm forever grateful. Um, the one thing you told me was we were talking about some things, friends, and you know, some you said sometimes you show people what unstuck looks like and they don't like how that looks. 
And that was so deep. I carried that back with me. I thought about it my whole drive back home. I've had conversations with other friends of mine. And now I have begun to pour that into other young people that may be struggling with the same things. But I wanted to tell you that you have shown me what unstuck looks like. So because you have the courage to run for president of the United States of America 2020 and throw your ring, your hat in the ring, you have definitely showed me what unstuck looks like. And I thank you for it. And I'm grateful. Wow. I am glad you received that. And actually, you gave it back to me. Uh, one of the things about being a psychologist or being someone like myself is that I will say things to some someone and it comes from the heart. And sometimes it comes from someone other than me. Mm -hmm. And then when they say it back to me, they're giving that gift back to me because today it's like, OK, this is what I'm living into. And you're reminding me what I'm living into. So it's a it's a cyclical thing yeah. that you gave it back to me today. So it will help me yes. <laughs> to stay focused today. So I appreciate that. Yes. And my Vickyisms. I left with so many Vickyisms. Oh, I Vicky. wish you would have brought Vicky with you. I have to shout out Vicky because I love her. Do you know Vicky still texts me to this day to check on me, to see how I'm doing? She is a great, great person. So Chicky, I mean, Vicky, the chicken versus the ego, I still have that story in my in my oh, mind yeah, and in we've, my heart. we've done that yes we've, Vicky and I have <laughs> called each other's uh many a times and, and had this this chicken and eagle uh, yes. conversation because a lot of times a lot of the problems we've had throughout our lives uh and her name is Vicky Daniel she's a uh jazz artist uh she's a phenomenal jazz artist she is. but uh this chicken ego conversation is one that we've had back and forth throughout our whole uh, adulthood. And, and the premise is this, is that sometimes the problems you're having with your job or with people has to do with you are an ego and you're you're down there trying to hang out with the chickens and the chickens are upset because wait a minute, what are you doing here? You're not one of us, you know, and so they try to peck you to death because you're supposed to be flying and you're not, not that there's anything wrong with the chickens. I'm just saying that now you're showing the chickens Chickens know you don't belong there, so they're going to yes. peck you to death and, and make you, uh, uh, you know, upset about who you are. But sometimes we still want to hang out with the chickens even when we're ego. And that doesn't it, it doesn't work. work. It doesn't work. The chickens need to ha be able to be chickens and the eagles need to be able to be eagles. And, you know, it's two different things. Not one is better than the other, but it's just if you're yeah. ego... You try to hang out with the chickens, it's bad. You'll get pecked to death. <laughs> You'll get pecked to death. Because you're ego. Like, they know you can fly, and you just haven't figured it out yet. And you're hanging out. Vicky really, like, thank she's, you, Vicky. She's wild. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. So do you want to say anything in closing? Uh, in closing, the main thing I want to say in, clo in closing is that right now they're parading around 20 or 22 different um, candidates. And those are people who could hit the ground running. They had the money to pay to play. Mm -hmm. uh, they had the the following, whereas people are who can beat Trump. Let's throw thousands or millions of dollars this way and that way. Mm -hmm. For someone like myself, it's just a different ball game. I'm climbing. It's a snow slow climb. I need people support. I need people to donate. Uh, donate donate wisdom donate money especially so that i can get to the stage as well because a lot of people believe that those are the only candidates running and the media will actually say these are the candidates these are the only candidates um and it's there is another candidate out there and that candidate is valerie mccray dr valerie mccray and i am running for president i'm not giving up uh, i'm running a, a strong campaign as fast as i can but i need the support of 
us. I need the support of everyday people, the working class people, the people that are out there struggling. It doesn't matter uh, race or, or ethnic origin or, or religion or whatever. I need the support. Uh, I'm not um, connected that way as far as being able to that big money yet or anything like that. There's an advantage to that because I'm for the people. I'm truly for the people, but I need the support of the people as well. well what's I, your website? Like, where can they send their donations and where can they get your just whole bio? Go, please go to McCray2020.com. And let me spell that for you. It's M C C again, R A Y, M C C R A Y, 2020.com. If you want to type in Valerie McCray, it will get you will get there as well. Uh, again, McCray2020.com. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have um, a lot of information online. Is the YouTube channel McCray2020? It's also McCray2020.com. And actually, my videographer has went wild with this. And uh, Karen has put together a website for, for my little dog as well. So Poppy oh, has her... Oh, oh Poppy. I forget. Yes, Poppy is... Oh, has she has her own Facebook, Facebook I've page. I've met the dog. He's, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Poppy Cute. has her her own Facebook Bougie, page. Bougie, though. <laughs> P-O-P-P-I. Yeah, Poppy's yeah. a little bougie. Yeah, she, she's got... she's She has more followers than me right yes, now, I think, almost. her big house. <laughs> that, that, that demands that you pet her and pay her Attention. Oh, she's she's, she's very demanding like yes. that, but she's she's a sweetheart. She's, sweet she's kind of rugged though too. You know, people don't realize that she's she don't mind getting dirty and uh, hanging out and and all that sort of thing. So, but she's cool. But she's got her own uh, Facebook page as well, and that's uh, it's P O P P I. So, yeah, she's considered the first dog. So we're so we're having fun with that part. Um, but yes, please follow us, McCray2020.com. Please push the donate button. And yes. we don't care whether it's $1, $5. If you got the big bucks, please send them our way because we really need to hit all these states. We need to have more conversations like this. And I need to hear from more people. Um, I need to hear from people as well from all different walks of life and make sure that I'm on point as far as what people actually need. All righty. Well, the, I'm wrap it up. I'm ended with the Valerie's. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one girl, one mic podcast. And thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Alrighty. Thank you, Valerie. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. You're listening to One Girl, One Mic podcast. See you next week.